You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Welcome to the Sagas and Sass show, brought to you by Geek Saga Entertainment. I'm Tara, along with fellow host Jonathan and special guest Nate. In this episode, we'll be discussing all things Jurassic, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World books and movies, that is. If you're watching live, join us in the chat, or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation. Please note that the views expressed in this show are those of the host as individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. And don't forget that we now have a Patreon with 10 tiers ranging from $1 a month to $40 a month. It offers tons of ways to support us and receive some great perks in return. Check it out at patreon.com slash geeksaga underscore entertainment. And as this is a special episode and we have a special guest, we're all going to introduce ourselves. So Jonathan... You can just say your name and whatever you I'm, want to say about yourself. You got some exciting things coming up, though. So I'm Jonathan. I'm the, the normal elderly host of Sagas and Sass, <laughs> and also and also going to be on a San Diego Comic Con panel. Panel, yes, on podcasting. That'll so that's exciting. Fun. First time I've been at, on a on a panel at San Diego Comic Con. Well, that'll be fun. I wish I could be there for that one. All right. So Nate, what about you? Uh, introduce yourself. If you have social media, you can share it. If not, that's fine. Up to you. Hey, hi. Uh, yeah. My name is Nate. Um, I, uh, I'm i not so active with uh, con stuff and um, this kind of stuff. This is actually the first live stream I've ever joined to. So I'm just uh, just kind of happy to be here, happy to be a part of it. Well, as I said, I'm Tara, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at A Geek Saga, and via my website, ageeksaga.com. So, oh gosh, this is going to be a big, long discussion. As Jonathan mentioned, we're going to be discussing all things Jurassic, and that means park and world. So we're going to start with First Came Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. That would be a book for those of you who may not know somehow that the first movie was based on a book that did come out first. And uh, Jurassic Park, the book, was actually inspired by a scientific study about how amber could preserve uh, intracellular structures in an organism that was trapped inside. I think the original study was for a fly, not a mosquito, as it happens in the book and movie. But I find it really interesting that Crichton saw this little study and turned it first into a screenplay about cloning a pterodactyl. And part of me is like, is that was that his favorite dinosaur? Because there's also a lot of, you know, the flying dinosaurs in the in the first book. Uh, I think they're mentioned in the second book, but they're not super prevalent. But it seems interesting that he would choose a pterodactyl of all things. And he wrote that screenplay in 1983 which was either the the study was either 82 or 83 and then he realized there wasn't much of a story there so he turned it into a book that was written from a kid's point of view and was set in like a theme park type setting but apparently like everybody hated it (laughs) and they were kind of all saying this should be in in an adult pov like i want to read something that's from my perspective so he finally rewrote his you know dinosaur theme park book in 
Well, there, there are some kid POVs. Tim particularly has, I think it's just Tim in uh, the first book has some POV chapters or whatever, but it is mostly adult perspective that was published in 1990. And I did want to touch on the fact, have both of you seen Westworld? The original or the remake? Uh, either or. I've never seen the original. I have seen the remake. I have not seen all of the uh, remake. But you saw yeah. like the first show, the first season or so. Yeah. So the, the, the original movie is terrible. It's not as terrible as its sequel, Future World, mind you, but it is terrible. But it was written and produced by Crichton. And it's pretty obvious that that movie came out in, I believe, 73. And it's pretty obvious. But even, you know, watching Westworld, the TV show, I'm sure you can get an idea that it's basically the robots, you know, take over this theme park that they are kind of supposed to be ensconced in safely just for funsies for the people but yeah it's it's pretty obvious that Crichton's decision to set this dinosaur story in a theme park has a lot to do with what he'd already done with Westworld you know of course Westworld is robots and not dinosaurs and the robots in the Westworld theme parks revolt like way after the park's been open for a while but otherwise it's basically like the same major plot points now all that said while the novel was technically first, it was optioned by Steven Spielberg before it was even published, which I did. I actually read that recently. I, I think it was when I was kind of just reading the books and getting curious about publication dates and everything. But it's pretty rare these days that things get optioned before they're published, unless they're a sequel to something, which Jurassic Park obviously was not. So I found it really interesting that Spielberg just knew of Crichton enough and I guess probably saw a synopsis and was like, oh, I'm making a movie out of this. So Jurassic Park, the movie was released in June 1993. It was a huge success. It was like it grossed over $914 million worldwide and became at that time the highest grossing film ever and was only unseated by Titanic in 1997. So it held that that position for four plus years, I believe. Um, now, so you guys obviously both, I'm guessing both saw it in theaters. Do you remember seeing it in theaters? Do you, what were your first impressions? Nate, you, you go first because this is your first time. So let, let me know like what you remember about seeing it in theaters and first impressions. Uh, if you don't mind saying how old you are, you were, that's fine. If you if you do, don't worry about it. <laughs> sure. I, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, actually like uh, seeing Jurassic Park in the movie theater was one of my earliest memories, actually. Uh, I was like five and a half years old. And oh uh, yeah, I, rem I remember like very vividly, uh, I went with my mom to see it and uh, I got so scared during the Dilophosaurus, Denny Dennis Nedry scene. I had to run out of the theater just for a bit, you know, and then, then I came back uh, and then I kind of made my mom take me several times after to, you know, in case I missed anything, even though even though it was only like a, a few minutes maybe that I missed. But uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was seminal for my childhood uh, seeing that. At the time, I was already a big Star Wars fan, but Jurassic Park was uh, just something else completely. It really, I don't know, it was, it was incredible to see in a theater too at the time, early 90s. Uh, it, yeah, it was unforgettable. <laughs> so I saw it in the theater probably 
if not opening night, the next night. Um, and it was with my father, um, that, which is not uncommon since I went to almost all science fiction movies between the ages of, well, birth and 40 something with 40, 40, well, even maybe closer to 50 with my father. It was something we like to do together. And I will never forget his eyes just bugging out the first time the dinosaurs i mean his expression was oh my god i i mean much more than I, he was more amazed than i was um because i think he grew up on the old ray harryhausen uh stop motion um animation of the 50s and uh how far things had come from the 50s to the 90s just blew his mind at the time um i actually had read the book he had not uh and I, at the time, remember thinking the movie's really, really good, but I missed some of the t technical aspects of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crichton, Crichton did uh, have a habit of being very scientifically explicit, specific. I've, I've like all the all of the above in his in his books. I've, I've actually read quite a few of them now, but I mean, Jurassic Park remains my favorite. Um, even though rereading it again recently, I was like, the writing is oh. not good. Like, it's not. It's just not. It's really bad. <laughs> but it's like, oh my god, how did, this only got published because Crichton was like a well-known author who probably had a contract. and like got published as is. Like, the story, amazing. The writing, terrible. Anyway, I saw Jurassic Park in the theaters. I was 10, I guess, 10 and a half. So I was young. I, and I, it was funny. One of my friends actually messaged me yesterday, like, oh, like, I wish I could be on the webcast to talk about it, but I've got, she had something to do tonight. And she was saying she had just seen it, the new movie, like two nights ago. And her 10 year old was just, she was like, I think my 10, my 10 year old's gonna end up sleeping in the bed with us tonight. She was so scared. But me at 10, to be honest, I've never been very like frightened of horror movies or anything like that. So like the jump scares certainly got me, but the rest of it, like it didn't frighten me, frighten me. And I just remember being in awe of how amazing it looked like almost being, you know, knowing in the back of my mind, this isn't real, right? But being so, I think this is the this is the first real movie movie that I went to as a kid. I, I definitely remember movies before that, but they were the ones I remember. I'm pretty sure I hadn't ever gone to anything other than like a Disney animated movie. Um, funny enough, my first theater memory was um, Oliver and Company. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't think I'd ever been to a live action movie in the theater, and if I had, it certainly had been a kids one, not something like this but I just I remember feeling so transported and so into all the characters might have had something to do with my sexual awakening because like 10 year old Tara was like Tim is cute but also like who's this Ian Malcolm guy in all black <laughs> so yeah I, I was obsessed immediately I definitely I definitely went and saw it twice in the theaters. It might have been three times, but my parents were pretty poor when I was, um, like, they were, like, bottom of lower middle class when I was that age. So I, I doubt I went and saw it more than twice. Like, seeing it twice was probably a huge, huge deal, I'm sure, money-wise for them. But I remember seeing it more than once, and 
soon after, obviously I hadn't read the book yet, but soon after that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm talking within a few months, maybe less of seeing, no, it must've been within, within weeks of seeing the movie. I was at the grocery store with my mom and they had Jurassic Park, the book in the checkout line. You know how they used to have like little paperback, a little area of paperback books in the checkout lines of grocery stores. And I begged my mom to buy it for me, just begged. And she's like, I don't know if you should be reading this, Tara. Like, she kind of just, I don't know, this is to look like a book for kids. And I'm like, please, please, please. I was, I was a pretty high reading level. And I think she was less worried about me under not understanding it and more like, oh, should my kid at 10 years old be reading this? But she bought it for me and I read it and I probably didn't understand like 50% of it, but I still have that book. And the spine is completely ruined. I don't know how many times I've read it, but so that that's how I got introduced to the book. So did you guys, did you stay hooked on it after it left theaters? I mean, it might be a little different for you because you were younger, but do you remember seeing it, you know, like when it came out on VHS? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember uh, whenever it came out on VHS, I think that it was like the black, all black VHS box, I think. If yes. I'm remembering. That, <laughs> it was. Right? Yeah. You mean the well, red one? It was one, all black with a little red lettering, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So got that. And of course, toys too, you know, yeah. I, so I, I was hooked. Yeah. Oh gosh, I forgot about the toys. That's, that's funny. That's the one thing I forgot about. We had like a yard sale. We call them tag sales in New England, but apparently nobody but my family or people from New England know what a tag sale is. It's a yard sale or a garage sale. And my parents, they took half the money that we made and they split the other half between my sisters and I. Now I have no fucking idea what these we sold at this yard sale, but whatever it was was enough to get me like thirty something dollars. And I bought that T Rex, like the rubber T Rex with the little piece that came out where you could see like the the gore Rips. on the side. Yeah, my mom was like, "Are you sure this is what you want? You, what you want to do with your thirty something dollars?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> when it came out on VHS, this was back in the day. Do you guys remember when you couldn't buy movies? Like before you could actually buy them to keep because it wasn't until it really wasn't until like the mid to late 90s that it was common for all movies that were released to be available for purchase on vhs disney i believe started the fad the trend whatever but jurassic park was one of the first non-disney movies that was available for like consumer purchase for an affordable amount of money because you could buy them on VHS before that, but it was what it was expensive. Yes, it, it was yeah. not a rental. I mean, it was it, it was like eighty or ninety dollars. I was gonna say it was eighty or ninety bucks for a movie. On, on up before that time, you know, pretty much every movie was in the ninety bucks to buy the DVD, or or actually wasn't even DVD, VHS tape. Yeah, thing. yeah, but yeah, Jurassic Park was one of the first non-Disney movies that was like available to consumers at an affordable yeah. price. So that would have been like four hundred dollars today. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> I mean, I remember just waiting for it to come out, and my mom being like, "I don't know, Tara, like you don't know for sure that we're going to be able to buy this," and I was like, "No, it has to be available. Like if it's not available, what am I going to do? My life will be over." I'm serious. I was very dramatic about this, rightfully so. So I know neither of you have read the book in a long time, but I wanted to touch on the movie being pretty darn different from the book. And honestly, the movie was better. That is so rare. I I, so rare. I remembered enjoying the book more than the movie, actually. And I can't... I, the sad thing is my memory of the book is, is almost non-existent at this point. 
Um, but I do remember, I, I, again, I missed the technical aspects of the of yeah. the book in the film. Yeah, I mean, I and, was too young to understand those in the book, so it didn't and, and that, so, as I said, at the time, I liked the book better. I've seen the the original film much more recently than I've read the book, so. Yeah, I, for me, it was, I don't know if I, when I was younger, I really was able to differentiate, like, one is better than the other, but again, like, having re read the book so many times and also reread it again recently uh the characters in the book were either completely awful or like way too likable there was just nothing in between and the movie did a good job of balancing that yeah out. he had Crichton writes very black and white heroes and villains yeah 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 so first let's talk about some of the main characters alan and ellie yay so in the book, Alan liked kids just fine. He and Ellie had never been in a relationship. He mentions like having a wife who died at one point. Ellie is engaged to a doctor in Chicago. She does at least still get an awesome Velociraptor chase scene. But, I, you know, like you said, it's very black and white. And they're both the very, there's no gray areas with these characters. So when you guys like saw Jurassic Park, when you first got in Jurassic Park, when you were younger, I mean, what were your thoughts on Alan and Ellie? Or what were your thoughts on, on really any of the characters at all? Because- In the movie or in the book? In the movie, in the movie. I'm gonna so touch the, on like some differences between book and yeah. movie characters, so, but I think the movie is kind of what to focus on because there's so many movies now. Well, I mean, I, I thought um, Jeff Goldblum stole the movie. Didn't we all? And 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 I thought the second strongest character in the movie for playing the character he played, or at least the acting job, was uh, the guy who played Hammond, who's mm, the actor. Richard Attenborough, I yeah. Can't remember what his name was. Um, and I always thought Sam Neill was not a terribly great actor, so um, he was fine. <laughs> I mean, I listen. I don't watch movies like Jurassic Park for the acting. Okay. So, yeah, but they're better when they have good acting. I agree, but I, oh, and I, Samuel L. Jackson, of course, was spectacular in his role. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, as was as was the guy who played Newman. Uh, Nedry. No. Oh um, uh, God, what's the guy's Newman's name? Wayne Knight. Thank you, Wayne Knight. I I personally uh, loved Alan Grant. Uh, like he was like a, this, you know, hero character to me, as well as Ellie was, and Malcolm, of course. Uh, I thought they were really great characters. And I, I don't know, I thought, maybe it was at the time that I watched it, but I thought uh, Sam Neill was, was a pretty good actor, too. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think that the funny thing is, I didn't even know he was from, was he from New Zealand or Australia? Australia, I think. I didn't know he was from there when I was younger and found out later and, and actually found out that he struggled a lot with the accent, with the American accent in the movie, which was a fun little tidbit. I liked Alan Grant better in the movie because he was like less of, like, he didn't like kids, like he had flaws, right? And Ellie, I think I'm, I'm is kind of, was good either way, though I'm I'm 
I've always just kind of been like, after reading the book and knowing that they were never in a relationship in the book, I was kind of like, why did that have to happen? Like, why did that have to be there? They weren't like super romantic or affectionate in the movie. Like, it was literally just kind of a way for Grant and Malcolm to be like, <laughs> at each other, you know? <laughs> but uh, you mentioned Hammond, John, and I mean, I agree, Richard Attenborough and was great. The character was great because Book Hammond is a huge jerk. Like he's all about the money. He doesn't even really seem to give a shit about his grandkids. Uh, plus he dies in the book, but honestly like good riddance to Book Hammond. Um, I, I really, I liked the sort of like, you know, yes, he made mistakes. He screwed up. He didn't think through things very well. This like this park was, but he was an optimist to fail. Yeah. But you know, he was a benevolent old man, but he still made mistakes, but he wasn't this just sort of, it was literally the opposite. The conversation that he has, you know, with the lawyer in the book is like about the money that people are going to have to pay. He's like, yeah, we can charge whatever we want. This is going to make us rich, blah, 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 blah. Um, and speaking of the lawyer, he's actually kind of nice in the book he has his like little lawyer-esque thoughts and everything but he ends up being a big part of people getting out of there alive he also lives although then he apparently he dies in like a car crash or something like they briefly mention it in the lost world in the book the lost world and i'm like why did you <laughs> oh, even yeah, need I remember that, that. <laughs> i think it was like I mean, <laughs> I mean i mean that's that's not as quite as bad as the ending for um uh, the uh, child character in Aliens 2 who, oh, who after, yeah. after Ripley saved, spent all the time saving her, you know, dies in like cryogenic freeze or something in the it, it, before the next <laughs> sequel starts. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with uh, Hammond, uh, I thought it was actually maybe better in the book because he, he had to pay the price for, you know, his arrogance and hubris. In the movies, yeah, he like had a, um, I don't know, a financial loss, uh, and I guess the loss of his dream. But uh, in the book, yeah, he was, you know, killed by compies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it's a pretty good, <laughs> good way to punish him. Now, what about what? How did you guys feel about Lex and Tim? Because they were, they were like switched kind of from from the book characters. In the books, Tim is older, and he is the one that's good at computers. I mean, sort of. But and and, and Lex is just kind of this whiny little like seven or eight year. I mean, she, all she does is like whine and like want to play baseball and and bitch about like their parents getting divorced and how much better their dad is. And so the the they did a really good job with those dynamics in the movie, they, they're so much preferable to me in the movie because Tim is the dinosaur nut still. He still knows things, but Lex has more agency, which was, I don't know if there's something between like, cause I, I it's not even like a time thing, right? Cause the book was published two, two years, less than two years before they started making the movie. So it's not like they changed the characters because time passed and they wanted to portray like the girl differently. But I thought that was like a really good, I thought that was a really good change. And I wouldn't say I like loved the, or well, as an adult looking, like watching the movie, I'm like, oh, these kids aren't the greatest, but they're definitely way better than they were in the book. 
not a, not like nearly as annoying. I think like, yeah, there was that one scene with Tim, uh, you know, trying to talk about dinosaurs to Alan Grant in the film, but uh, that's like, uh, you know, there's, there is not much else that's annoying about them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're still kids. Right. But it's not, I do think balancing them out with their, with actual traits, like they were still the traits from the book, but they balanced out those traits between the two of them. And that helped a lot. I mean, I'll never, I will never forget Lex, like, with her jello, though. I don't know why. That's a scene that for some reason just always sticks out in my mind. (laughs) Dinosaurs. There are so many more dinos in the book. Obviously, the reasons for cutting back for the movie are totally obvious, like budget, time, whatever. There's There's a billion reasons and all of them are good. They also cut out the whole plot from the book with the raptor nest at the end and all sorts of dinosaurs getting to the mainland, which is what I've never really understood because the latter especially could have helped ease into a sequel. And speaking of sequels, Crichton had never written a sequel before. And I don't believe he actually ever wrote one again after this, but between fans and Spielberg, he apparently couldn't say no. And the lost world was published in uh, September 95, I believe, which was less than two and a half years after the first movie's release, which is crazy to me because I can't finish a book in like seven years. So go him. <laughs> but, but. And the and the movie sequel came out after. Uh, yeah, a year, the movie sequel a was year like later, right? 97. But I mean, yeah. the only reason Crichton wrote the second book was because Spielberg and the fans were begging for it. And I found that really interesting, especially since he had never written a sequel before and he never wrote one again, as far as I know. Also, main main point, he brought back Ian Malcolm from the dead because he was such a fan favorite. And I'm putting from the dead in quotes because personally, I hold out that there's a chance Malcolm wasn't actually completely, totally dead at the end of Jurassic Park. No one ever saw a body. When they're flying off the helicopter, Grant asks whoever else is in the helicopter with them, Ellie, Gennaro, no, whoever wasn't in the raptor nest, so it wasn't Ellie or Gennaro. Someone who is still in the main building, he's like, well, what about Malcolm? And the person just shakes their head. But then they go to like the epilogue and he's like, they, you know, it says they never even let them bury the or see the bodies of Hammond and Malcolm and Malcolm. And I'm like, for the longest time, I really just, I know, I, I, I still choose to believe that he did. Well, I, I personally think Malcolm died in the, in the first book, but then this was his clone. <laughs> there wasn't enough time, though. I mean, not even in, in like, not just in real life, but in in book time. But no, I mean, really, Crichton did say he, he brought him back because he was a fan favorite. But personally, I was like, why did you even say that, Crichton? You could have kept that. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, he said that. I don't even believe it. I don't even believe it. He never died. I just choose. <laughs> I choose to believe that. But did you think he was dead? Because when I, when I read The Lost no, World. I, I like, actually, I didn't think he was dead. When I read The Lost World, I was like, wait, did he die? I thought he died. And then I went back and read it, and I was like, okay, this is vague. Maybe he didn't die. And this is, you know, 11, 12-year-old Tara. Yeah. For some reason at the time, I recall, I didn't think he had died. I think I was surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah. By him coming back, you mean? Yes, by him coming back in The Lost World. Mm -hmm. Um. I guess so. Did you read the uh, books, Nate? I'm sorry, Nate. Did you read the books before or after you saw the movie? After. 
Well, the first one for sure was after. after. You read The Lost World before the second movie came out. Uh, I I think that's after as well. I think I saw The Lost World film and then read the book. Okay. I will say, if you were five years old and reading Jurassic Park, the book. Because I, I definitely read both of them before the actual movies came out. I, I I yeah, that's maybe, not uh, what I read beforehand, but... I think Crichton wanted maybe to uh, keep chaos theory in the books. So it, yeah. you know, it was a way to have Malcolm, you know, uh, kind of incorporate that. Yeah, no, he, he definitely wanted chaos theory to be like a part of the things. And okay, I guess I don't really think it was necessary, but I'm never going to argue with Ian Malcolm being a character. Now, all that said, so Crichton, writes this book because fans but mostly also as Spiro Spielberg are telling him we want a sequel and he's doing this knowing that Spielberg is going to make a movie of the sequel so it interests me that there's still so many differences <laughs> between what he wrote and what actually you know was in the movie The Lost World is a very different book from the first one. It's a different island. It's it's Isla Sorna instead of Isla Nublar. It's a very different plot, mostly different characters. There's some new dinosaurs, but it's it's you know so there's no theme park. We're we're told that Sorna was like a production island. It was basically where they like farmed the dinosaurs. The plot is about observing them, observing the dinosaurs in the wild, or like in an ecological system to determine whether they're thriving or whether there'll be another extinction, which Malcolm, of course, is all like, of course, they're, they're going to be extinct, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Dodgson is back, but no one really cares about Dodgson, right? <laughs> Dodgson, we got Dodgson here. Nobody cares. <laughs> so uh, there's also Sarah Harding, who is an animal behaviorist, and she's a new character, but it's she's probably the daughter of the Jurassic Park vet, Dr. Harding. It's like so strongly hinted at that it has to be the case. There's no Tim and Lex, but there are still two kids, random like random kids named Arby and Kelly who sneak on to the island trip because like of course they did and to be honest, even just writing these notes and reading The Lost World again recently, I was having some real movie Alan Grant feelings about kids. <laughs> just 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 thinking, talking, writing about this. And there are, you know, the T-Rex and the raptors are still the main, like, baddie dinos, despite the introduction of Carnotaurus, which have crazy chameleon skills, but in the end just turn out to be kind of whatever because they get scared away with flashlights. <laughs> so, okay, the movie, The Lost World, was probably even more different from it, the book it's based on than Jurassic Park was, but before we get into differences, did you guys notice the elements that it brought in from the first novel? Because this has always been something that I liked about the movie. Well, I liked The Lost World just fine. When you say elements, what are you talking about? Elements, but like actual, like actual, um, like scenes, really. Well, they have the. Really, it starts with the little girl on the beach getting attacked by copies. Right, that I remember. Okay. And I remember the Stegosaurus scene. In the first movie, the Triceratops is sick. In the first book, the Stegosaurus is sick. Oh, yeah. Yes, and you're in, right. The this, Triceratops. Yeah, in the Lost World, the movie has a bunch of Stegosaurus stuff, but it's more about them protecting. There's a lot of, like, mamas protecting babies in the Lost World. So the specific things I'm talking about, other than the little girl getting attacked by the Compsognathuses on the beach, 
at the beginning is there's a scene where several of the characters hide from a T-Rex behind a waterfall. I, I want to say it's um whoever the fuck Vince Vaughn played and Sarah Harding and Kelly, the little girl. But in the first book, it was Grant, Tim, and Lex. And then also there's some random guy on the like the bad guy side, quote unquote, that gets that breaks his leg and gets killed by copies, which is what happened to Hammond in the first book. But in the movie, thank God they they at least like narrow it down to just one kid. So we don't get two annoying kids who are just absolutely like there for no reason. Because the kids that that go there in the book are like they're assisting one of the characters and they you know it's it's the same plot in that they hide in the RV, the trailer, or whatever, and that's how they get there. But in this one, it's like Ian Malcolm has a daughter and her name is Kelly, and she's the one that goes to the island. And to be honest, I was okay with this in terms of I would rather have one annoying child than two. But also, she like uses gymnastics to defeat Velociraptors and others. Oh yes, <laughs> Why does there need to be a kid? I don't know. What, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Why does there need to be a kid? To humanize well, the story, I guess, or to to make it accessible to everybody. I guess. Well, I was I was actually going to say because it's in some ways because it's a Spielberg film, mm. a, a aimed at teens and, and youth. I mean, and most of his films involve kids Yeah, I mean, that are I, aimed for that audience, that he's done when he's aimed for that audience. Yeah, so it's basically like like what Nate said, it's kind of similar, you know, you're saying like it humanizes it for like all audiences and Jonathan is saying, well, that's just what Spielberg does, but because it's for these audiences. Well, because he, he always viewed the movies as something he loved as a kid. Yeah. And uh, therefore he Oh, we, he did a lot of movies from a kid's perspective. Ugh, fine. <laughs> fine. Also, in this movie, there are two groups. We'll call them the hunters and the gatherers. The difference is in, in the book, the hunters are, they aren't there to kill the dinosaurs. They're there to collect them. In the movie, it's kind of a combination of both. The hunters are literal hunters led by someone from InGen, but the main guy who is helping them also wants to kill a T-Rex. So they're there to collect dinosaurs, but not just eggs, actual full-grown dinosaurs. But also there's this one guy that's like, I am am a game hunter and I'm going to kill the biggest predator the world has ever known, or whatever the fuck he says. But they, yeah, they're they're led from in, they're led by this guy from InGen who doesn't exist in any of the books, rather than Dodgson. See, told you, no one cares about Dodgson. <laughs> and while the gatherers are still explorers and scientists, in the movie they're sent by Hammond. Versus in the book, it's like this new this new guy Levine who like discovers the island exists and leads them there. And and to be honest, I think that that's one of those things where I didn't mind in the slightest when it comes down to it, the idea of the movies the movie who were in which Hammond is still alive using him to send people there to this island that he still obviously knows exists was a lot more cohesive than it just being like here's some random dude you've never met before and then he eventually happens to be like friends with Ian Malcolm and then they end up on his Lasorna it's yeah but again, like, I don't know, especially in the Lost Worlds, 
you know, realm, I wouldn't say this was a better movie than a book, but I thought that that was a, it was a good way to make it cohesive. So I don't know, like, do you guys like have any thoughts on, on the, the whole hunter gatherer plot line and like the people there for dinosaur, how the fuck, I don't know, how the fuck were they going to bring all those dinosaurs off that Island? I was still whatever about that. Well, I mean, as long as you could knock them out and keep them sedated, I didn't see that as a that part of the plot line as too much of a negative. I mean, dinosaurs aren't that big compared to modern ships. Well, but the, yeah, but the, the whole keeping them sedated thing is like a huge plot point in both books because they're all just like, we have no idea what to give these dinosaurs to like actually keep them sedated. I don't know. I just say it never seemed believable to me. But in the end, hey, they did get a dinosaur off the island. So oh. I don't know. This movie was a mess and it wasn't the worst. Yeah. It, was, it was still fine. But any thoughts? The, <laughs> the whole thoughts? scene in San Diego was preposterous. Oh, God. That was yeah. pretty preposterous. Yeah. I I still I did still enjoy it, uh, but definitely not not quite as magical as uh, as the first film, or or as good as of adaptation than uh, the the first book too maybe, but still uh, pretty exciting, uh, pretty cool scenes like with the the raptors hunting the the hunters in the field. That's I mean that's yeah. pretty. Pretty awesome. Where they're just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the sides. <laughs> For those of you listening as a podcast, I'm making raptor hand movements. <laughs> okay. So last but not least, before I kind of go into the conclusion on this and we move on to the next one. The T-Rex in San Diego. Just why? Just the Godzilla stuff. Like I I don't I don't know. This is some some racism kind of in that scene where there are you know uh, vis- visible Asian actors and they're you know looking at the the T Rex as Godzilla yeah it's kind of yeah. problematic yeah it also was just this this movie won a lot of raspberries is what they're gold the golden raspberries. golden raspberries yeah yeah it won several of or, or at least was maybe it didn't win but it was nominated for several of them including like just absolute non thought about human life and stuff like that I, the whole thing in San Diego was just oh for fuck's sake why like it, there there are actual plots in the books where the dinosaurs like like little dinosaurs come to the mainland and wreak havoc in other ways. Why did it have to be like the T-Rex stomping through and why in San Diego of all places? Like I get that that's probably the closest major port to, to the, the islands off the West coast of Costa Rica, but also why would you bring a boat with a T-Rex in it to a major port, a major city port? Well, because they were trying to bring it to the equivalent of SeaWorld, basically. I, mean, I know, I know, but I still would I still wouldn't have made that my first choice as a place to bring this dinosaur. So, you know. Well, I mean, Hammond had the right idea originally of having if you're gonna have a Jurassic Park, have it on an island so that if they get loose they can't go anywhere. Yeah, but then this this random As opposed to putting them on the mainland of California, but no. Yeah, that guy. The, who I don't know who this guy was, but he was a dumbass. Okay, so in terms of the Lost World, critics didn't really like it. There are very like mixed fan reviews. It still made a buttload of money. Obviously, it wasn't as good as the first Jurassic Park. We've already talked about how we kind of feel about it. 
But Jeff Goldblum, it's Ian Malcolm again, Jeff's kiss. And of course, it was still so exciting as a huge Jurassic Park fan. I'm sure you guys feel the same way to see to get to see another Jurassic Park movie on the big screen. And that could or maybe should have been it. At least for then. Let's be real. But no. Then they had to make Jurassic Park 3. There was no book to base it on. So like, why? You know, other than money. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's so, only saving grace was it was better than Jaws 3D. So, <laughs> why? Like, sure, Alan Grant comes back and there's some Ellie Sattler appearances as well, but that just left me thinking, like, why are they involved in this tragedy? Like, the end-all be-all was why. Why? I actually rewatched all of these movies before the last one came out because I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm rewatching all of them. The parents are fucking annoying. William H. Macy, great actor, right? He's probably the high point of this movie. <laughs> I've never liked Taya Leone. Leone? I'm not sure. However you pronounce her name. Never really cared for her, but my God, they're they're both fucking annoying as hell. The parents are annoying as hell. Like they're screaming for their kid left and right. Then there's that Billy guy who steals the Velociraptor eggs. And honestly, have have you guys seen The Room? Like the 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 Tommy Wiseau movie? Yeah. Billy looks like uh, Greg looks like in that movie. It's not the same actor, but rewatching it, I'm like, oh my God, is that Greg? No, that's not Greg. But it really looks like him, and that bugged me. Like Billy stealing the Velociraptor eggs because, but but that went nowhere because then the human mom, whatever the fuck, Taylor and his character, whatever their name was, like I, I don't care and don't know, gave them back, and that just went away. I feel like I'm just Picard right now, like putting my face into my palm. That said, I guess all the stupidity at least made the kid seem less eye-roll-inducing. Somehow the kid was the best part of this movie, I guess. Like, he's a little unbelievable, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Were the were the parents and Billy so bad that you actually liked the kid? Because that's how I felt. <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe the parents were more annoying than the kid, you know, which is a role reversal, usually. Oh, they, uh, were, they were for sure more <laughs> annoying. And that doesn't, I mean, the, the kid might have not been the greatest either way, but oh my God, the parents. Well, if you talk about the, as I recall, and it's been so long, the kid at least seemed marginally competent as opposed to the parents who were just utterly useless. The parents are utterly useless. The kid is like too competent. Uh, I don't. I, I, how the fuck any- survive on, on yeah, there for how the fuck well, any kid, no matter how smart or outdoors savvy, survive for weeks and weeks on that island is beyond belief. Like by himself with no weapons, other than I think he has some tear gas canisters. And he somehow collects Tyrannosaur P and Grant asks how he got it, and he's like, You don't want to know. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, it's just pee, dude. They're giant animals. I had horses when I was younger. If a horse pees in its stall and you're in there while it's happening, you could collect a cup of horse pee off the ground very easily immediately after. And that's just like a 2,000 pound animal, not like a however many ton tyrannosaur. So, yeah. Yeah. The kid seems less annoying. There were some things also in this movie that were taken from the novels that weren't used in the previous movies, the dinosaur eggs being stolen, like they were in the Lost World. That's, you know, the Billy thing. 
then they do the whole like traveling down the river by boat. That's the original Jurassic Park. I mean, it's it's very uh, like very vague reference because in the first book it's a it's like a raft, and then this one it's an actual in this movie it's an actual boat. It was Grant and the two kids that were on the raft down the river, and the raft ends up in the aviary for I think they're like Cirrodactyl, Cirrod. I'm not sure how to pronounce. Yeah. It. They're, they're they're winged dinosaurs. So the whole like the general idea of the aviary scene in this movie also came from the original Jurassic Park, but I guess because they didn't want to, or they they probably would have felt it difficult to show that they were just territorial animals for no good reason they had to add babies and i was just like okay and then billy sacrifices himself billy survives you know um, yeah he survives in the end anyway so, <laughs> so <it's>, mistakes. <laughs> i think there are a couple things that well they they about jurassic world or jurassic park 3 that kind of impacted jurassic world though mm-hmm. um, those would be huge dinosaur fights for one uh, although Spinosaurus and T-Rex was very, very fast, and people argue, argue about that too, but uh, I think also you know Raptor intelligence kind of started in Jurassic Park three too, um, which was well, a pretty big plot point in Jurassic World. It's the the Raptor intelligence was for sure there in the first one, in the first two, um, but very very specifically in the first movie. But that said, I think they do expand upon it quite a bit, especially in the movie sense, because there is there is a lot more about their like family orientations and stuff like that in the first book that don't make it into, like I mentioned, the raptor nests and everything that don't make it into the movie that they bring out a little more in the third movie like the intelligence is obviously always there the pack hunting the you know following a leader an alpha whatever but yeah they they do expand upon it in the third movie and they i agree they probably used quite a bit of those ideas from the third movie in the jurassic world series trilogy whatever i'll be honest watching it again recently i didn't feel like it was as bad as i thought it was originally but that's probably because I hadn't seen it in like 15 years or more. It was still not great, but it was disappointing, right? I'm right on that. You guys agree. It was, it was like, it felt no, like the third, the third one was a train wreck and it was, it didn't need to be made other than it would make money and it made money and, but not enough that they had a fourth. I, or at least, or they didn't have a fourth for, you know, 20 some years. Yeah. I liked it as a, you know, 13 year old boy. But uh, yeah, it's uh, different now. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit older than that. Oh God, I don't think about that. But yeah, it was it was disappointing that it was just not that great, and it it felt like the series had dropped into B movie territory, right? And then on top of everything, it seemed pretty clear that this was the last Jurassic Park film we'd ever see on the big screen because it didn't do well until this whole "but wait, there's more" moment. Welcome to Jurassic World, the trilogy that is. So now we're finally getting into the most recent stuff. Jurassic World 2015, I believe this came out. It was basically a reboot of the original. And personally, I think that's why it's the best of this trilogy. But what are y'all's thoughts on that? Like, because it was, it was a true like reboot I, obviously there were differences but i'll get into the similarities well, what were y'all's thoughts on 
it being a reboot and that's why it makes it the best or maybe not in your opinion well as someone who despises well i shouldn't say despises reboots i despise sequels in general that just repeat ad nauseum the beats oh. from the first film. Yes, yes, I remember your Force Awakens feelings now. <laughs> well, and I felt the same way just recently about uh, Maverick, although of all the ones that have done it, that seemed to work the best. But um, but yeah, in general, it's like, I want new movies with these characters that I like, or this world I like. I don't need to see what I've seen before. And unfortunately... That's what they seem to think we we fans want, and it's it's a pet peeve well, I have. What some fans want. I really I, I Jurassic World was problematic in a lot of ways, but I still loved it. What about you, Nate? Especially because you you were a bit younger, right, when you saw the first two movies, and you were able probably to enjoy Jurassic Park three more than I was because you were also younger when you saw that one. So when you got to see Jurassic World, the first of this trilogy, did that sway do you think that swayed your opinions of it there was uh there was so much hype leading up to jurassic world i remember uh and as a yeah as a big jurassic park fan i was i was yeah really excited for it uh as a reboot i think yeah it uh it did take a lot of the um, elements from the original uh but it was actually cool to see it actualized you know <laughs> the the actual park you could see it of course, you know what was going to come. Of there, there, of course, there are going to be, you know, issues and danger and you know, murder and everything. Uh, but uh, you know, Isn't yeah, it like murder I, if it's dinosaurs. I mean, yeah, I, well, think just, it. I think it's just yeah. following their instincts, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hunting. Yeah. If you if you go if you walk out into a savanna filled with lions, do you really expect to live? <laughs> <laughs> I did think it had some cool callbacks. Unlike Jurassic Park Three, it did have like a like a message. You know, it had something to say about again, kind of retreading the territory of reckless genetic engineering um, and uh, yeah, human advancement and the issues with that. Uh, but I, I still think I, I agree. I think it was the best of this trilogy. Yeah, I mean, in terms of it being a reboot of the original, like you said, there's there's plenty of differences for sure, for sure. And I will get into that in a second because there the differences are, well, honestly, I don't know. For me, the differences are kind of like the one, the things that made it like meh, maybe, I don't know. But they're in a dinosaur park, but it is an actual act, like you said, actualized dinosaur park. Like the, the dream is real now. And it has worked apparently for a long time. I have no idea how it got to that point after what happened in the first three movies, but okay, whatever, it happened. There's a couple who's getting divorced who sends their two kids to visit their relative who's like a higher up at the park. Said relative hasn't really been thinking through the uh, quote-unquote advances they're making at the park with the dinosaurs. Uh, Beanie Wong is back as Dr. Wu. That was cool. There's a bad guy who wants some dinosaurs for bad reasons. And dinosaurs will get loose and wreak havoc. Well, well I was going to say that the one change was they replaced the hunter keeper of the raptors with a more enlightened communicator. Yeah. But I thought that was a slight change. 
Well, no, yeah, that, that that's like the first thing I was going to mention in terms of like, what are our feelings on the new things in this movie, which were trained raptors. Ah, what the fuck? Even watching this again, I'm just not sure how I feel about it. Like, how did this work? Okay, guys, whatever. But yeah. it was so cool to see. <laughs> like, and this was before Chris Pratt turned out to be not a good human being so it's like i'm 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 trying to view this from my 2015 perspective in which i'd seen him in the two guardians of the galaxy movies and all those years of parks and rec and i'm just like chris pratt great he's great but trained raptors the dinosaur that wasn't a dino yet still somehow felt less ridiculous than the spinosaurus in Jurassic park 3 the t-rex not being part of the havoc wreaking until the very end and then basically like ending up saving the people by fighting with the Indominus Rex, which was kind of what happened in the first movie, I guess, with the raptors attacking the T-Rex. So, but what are you thoughts on, like, the differences? You know, let's ignore the stupid shit, like Claire wearing a dress and running in heels all the time. Who the fuck is running in, like, four-inch heels? I don't know. I can't... I can barely run in flats these days, but, you know, good for her, I guess. What are you thoughts on the things that made this the things that separated this from or that weren't entirely reboot characteristics i think for one chris pratt yeah like a very kind of boorish character uh i think this is when it turned into more of an action hero kind of role Mm. rather than you know the alan grant malcolm kind of uh, ellie saller every every person uh you know they weren't really like action heroes. Uh, I feel yeah. like, and this turned it into I don't Speak know. For like... yourself, Ellie Sattler is absolutely an action hero. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I just yeah, like even back I don't know. I couldn't can't really stand Chris Pratt too much either. <laughs> yeah, the, the the things that have come out recently, it's like like I said, I'm trying to separate things I know about him now and the way I felt about him going into the most recent movie from the first two movies. So, I mean, I I don't know, Jonathan, I know like you're not a big fan of reboots, but what did you, what were your overall thoughts about Jurassic world? Like, did you, Well, I mean, I enjoyed it. I certainly thought it was better, a better movie than actually both the sequels of Jurassic park. So from that perspective, yeah, you're probably not wrong there. Um, it was good. Um, I don't have the same. I really don't care about actors' political views or what they do on the side, as long as they're not really hurting anybody. So uh, the the whole Chris Pratt, I, I pretty much ignore that aspect of it and don't really let that impact my enjoyment of a film. What I do remember from the movie was. That was the. They also had an aviary scene in that one too, right? Yes, they, yeah. They, the pterodons, pterodactyls. I can't remember. I can't remember which specific type of flying dinosaur they are, but they escape and they they actually they start killing a lot of random people. Um, yeah, that was the scene, and I thought that was a bit disturbing. I mean, I I don't know why I I felt more horrified by the chaos in Jurassic 
world than the original movie and it probably because it was in a total innocence who were getting ripped to shreds yeah and there were a lot of people like a lot of people <laughs> but also you know the 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 flying dinosaurs pterodons pterodactyls pterodactyls whatever they I, I i should have looked this up but i can't remember which flying ones they used in jurassic world it's very like the birds right yes that's a good yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'm, I have to. I, 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 this is not something I've ever looked up, but I have to imagine that's what they were trying to evoke. So I've never. The birds has always freaked me the fuck out. So I agree. It, you're right. It was, it was a lot, but we will always remember the running of the Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Why Jimmy Buffett was in this movie is beyond me, but it was hilarious. Well, at least it wasn't Warren Buffett, right? <laughs> yeah, well, well. So, okay. Any last thoughts on Jurassic World before we move on to the next one? No? No, you good? Okay. Uh, hy hybrid dinosaurs, maybe. Like, uh, well, I don't yeah. know how, how well those work, really. Yeah, the, the dinosaur. That's a, it's like I vaguely, I kind of passively mention it, the, the, the dinosaur that's not a dinosaur, because it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want this. It's not, I don't really feel like it's necessary, but. They needed a new big bad, I guess. The, but, I mean, like you said, the dinosaur, the fight, dinosaur against dinosaur fight, while that did happen with the raptors attacking the T-Rex in original Jurassic Park, the actual big dinosaur fight happened in JP3. And this, I'll be honest, seeing seeing the T-Rex was great in, in this one, specifically. The T-Rex fighting the big uh, Indominus Rex. So moving on to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Jurassic World was nostalgia porn, but you know, reboot style. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was like nostalgia porn hodgepodge style. To me, this movie was amusing and sometimes thrilling and once in a while upsetting. More often than that, it was really fucking weird. And there were more cheesy moments than I can count. Uh, most of it was reminiscent of The Lost World, which wasn't a great book or movie. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. But at least it wasn't at you know, Jurassic Park 3 level. So they go to the island to be nice to the dinosaurs because, you know, it's Isla Nublar and apparently there's a volcano that's going off and it's going to kill all the dinosaurs. And Claire's they're trying to, and they were trying to save them. Yeah, Claire's been trying to save all the dinosaurs, but it turns out there's also this whole plot to exploit the dinosaurs. Only instead of bringing them to San Diego to start a dinosaur zoo, they're still trying to weaponize them a la Jurassic World. So it was that that whole thing was a lot. So I want to hear you Dell's thoughts on the fact that like i said it's nostalgia porn but less you know it's not reboot style it is like total hodgepodge because the fuck i what the fuck was going on with this movie i watched it literally for the second time ever uh right before the newest one came out and i was just like oh why yeah and I, and as i said i i remember it as being so average as to be completely unmemorable. It was confidently made. It entertained me during the two hours I was there, and I have almost zero recollection of anything in it since seeing it that first time in the theater all those years ago. Yeah, I mean, the whole... It feels like the the best part of it takes place at the beginning 
but then you know and and the, but also there's this random insertion of another like child benevolent old man and with, uh, with with another child yeah well why does he have an evil employee why does he have a clone of his daughter why are any of these things happening like i i don't know um so, so would, Nate, what are, what are your thoughts on, on yeah, all sorry. of this mess? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you said, he was supposed to be like a uh, Hammond's partner, but uh, we, yeah, you know, we we never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, yeah, like uh, like you said, there's kind of like uh, two parts to the film. Like the first part, yeah, is uh, pretty entertaining. The second part is totally left field. It seems like, uh, you know, taking place in a mansion, um, with a bunch of rich people. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Just not very, I don't know, it feels more, the second part feels more like a horror film. And I can't, yeah. I can't be the only one who was like, why is there a clone, a human clone? Why is this happening? Why are any of these things happening? Yeah. And like, they're, 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 they're trying to weaponize the dinosaurs and it's like, okay, so whatever Chris Pratt's character was, Owen, Owen trained some raptors, so now... You think you can all just buy dinosaurs for millions of dollars and use them like that? That's and there's also Apparently. like a new like super raptor. I can't even remember what what it was called now, but there's like so this the new Indo super raptor. Yeah, Indoraptor. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's like the Indominus Rex, but with more raptor because yeah. that works. I mean, I mean, the whole idea of weaponizing these animals with with very rare situations i can't see how it would ever be worth your while and time to do that weaponizing but, animals as a whole i am insanely against don't even get me started I, I, no i mean it I made it made like sense in the 1700s them. when we didn't have actual machines that could were much more deadly than than big animals but I mean, now it just makes zero sense to invest your time and effort into doing this. And millions, millions and millions of dollars. What the fuck? I will say this. This is a random aside before we conclude on this and move on real quick to the last movie. If you don't get or didn't get at least a tiny bit sad when they leave those dinosaurs on Isla Nublar and you see the Brachiosaurus calling out and like rearing up as this engulfed by flames. I don't know if we can be friends because I still, <laughs> I still fucking cry. like I don't cry like actual tears, but I'm like, mm, mm, don't cry. It's just, it's just a fake. It's a fake thing, Tara. This thing doesn't exist. It didn't actually exist. Don't cry. Still, you don't really have a heart if you if you don't shed a tear. Then <laughs> that poor Brachiosaurus is just like meh, meh, as it watches like it's it's peep it's peoples get taken from the island and it's oh, so bad the whole like the whole thing on isla nubler is so bad it's 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 somehow the best and also worst part of fallen kingdom and then they go to the mansion and of course all the dinosaurs get let loose and then there's this little clone girl and it's it just all gets fucking weird like my conclusion on this movie is it is a weird ridiculous romp it's somehow on par with the movie it seemed to copy the most, which was the, the Lost World, but certainly not on par with its direct predecessor, that being Jurassic World. I, and I'm, I'm still like, I'm, I was never sure what I was expecting from this movie, 
but what happened wasn't it. But well, that I should do, be a good. That part of it should be a good thing. I, I don't know though, but it wasn't because it was weird and bad and weird. The things that I wasn't expecting, and and I do believe it's like a movie that you have to see for yourself to believe it exists. And I say that. But but the whole they had to, they had to bring in the whole clone so they could have the third movie plot. Did they though? That that, Apparently. that that child, that clone, did not need to exist. So any last thoughts? Well, but then how do you have the third movie without the clone? She didn't she didn't need to exist in this movie either. But anyway, Nate, uh, any last thoughts on this movie before we move into the final one? Because I know you have to go kind of sure. soon. I think it was bold, at least. Fallen Kingdom was was pretty bold. They took chances, uh, maybe not unlike The Last Jedi. Which is totally something totally else, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a weird film. I agree, Tara. <laughs> it's not like it's not the worst thing I've ever watched. I don't hate the movie. I just don't understand. And and I, John, you're saying that oh well, they had to introduce this to have the next movie. I don't even think that's true because moving on to Jurassic World Dominion, aka, you thought the first two Jurassic World movies were nostalgia porn. Well, hold on to your butts. <laughs> This movie, you guys, this movie. I saw it nearly two weeks ago and I still don't know how I feel about it. So we're going to start with the lols. Those being lol, dinosaur rescue. Uh, I can't remember if they had a name for their dinosaur rescue, but I'm going to call it the ASPCD, American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Dinosaurs. <laughs> they saved the little baby. Like that was literally just a reason for them to have a cute baby triceratops in the movie. And does, a chasing. <laughs> yeah, but does anybody disagree? Because that's no. all I'm seeing here. And then they have the cowboy in with dinosaurs. That was just, I mean, listen, as a Western fan, I was both like, oh my God, I love this. This is amazing. And also, oh my God, this is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. It did help that they were hurting my favorite type of dinosaur, that being a Parasaurolophus. Love those. I Don't ask me why. I've loved them since I was a kid. They've always been my favorite. I think they're cute. <laughs> they got little hands and a little horn on the hand. They're very cute. They're like cows. Then there's the uh, LOL, everyone wants the clone girl. Okay, that's 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 the, you know, part. I, I Okay, so she needed... she sort of needed to be part of this movie so that they could add that part of the plot in, but it wasn't really, it was never really necessary. It was literally just, we need to have a kid, right? Again. No, no. I think, I think, it, well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, I mean, LOL, it, it turns out the clone girl's mom was somehow the most brilliant in-gen scientist. I, that I couldn't, I can't get behind any of, I don't know. She didn't, she didn't need to exist. No, the, the it wasn't the clone girl's mom. It was the or, clone well, girl, or, or well, yes, it was because she carried her. Right. Well, she it carried was, her, but she was also her clone. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking so she was weird. a clone of her mother. Yeah, I know. That's weird. I guess it got the the new characters to um, where where was Biosyn again? I can't remember. Somewhere in Europe, Italy. Italy. That's right. It got so it got the new characters there as a plot device, I guess. Mm -hmm. The whole cloning thing. But 
I mean, why couldn't Claire have just wanted to go after that baby? Or, well, they had a baby. They had Blue's baby. They stole Blue. Blue somehow oh, had a yeah, baby. Yeah. Blue created a baby. Well, by they, herself. But that, but that happened in the original movie too. That the theoretically right. sterile dinosaurs were breeding. No, no, no. I get that, but well, but the difference was in the original movie they were breeding because they had like West African frog DNA and some of them changed sexes. So there were two different sexes, right? Like, so they were actually breeding in this movie. She, so, so blues baby is basically like Jesus Raptor. Oh my God. Velocipaster Raptor. <laughs> Jesus. If you've never seen Velocipaster, it is the best worst movie you have seen ever. Is that a real movie? Velocipaster. Yes, it is. I think it's on Amazon prime. You should watch it. Velocipaster, look it up. Raptor Jesus over here, Blue's baby. <laughs> like they did not need the clone child because they could have just gone after, I don't know, the baby triceratops that she was trying to save or, or Blue's, Blue's baby. For, or really Blue's probably baby more, more likely matter. Blue's baby. Yeah. yeah. But that said, I will say the Biosyn plot, this felt like something Crichton would have written. And parts of it were actually pulled from the Dodgson bios and stuff from Jurassic Park and the Lost World. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Did, did either of you recognize that? Because I'm sitting in there like, ah, okay, this is like very Crichton. Like how they're engineering giant locusts to eat all crops that aren't there. That's so biosyn. And, well, I didn't remember any of it from the Crichton movies, but it. it yeah, that, and that's hurt. what I'm saying. That's why reading the books was actually. I think you. I think people would have enjoyed this last movie more if they'd actually read. If 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 they've, that sounds rude. If they've actually read the books. If they if you have read the books, you will enjoy the third movie, Jurassic World Dominion, more because that whole plot is like straight out of a Crichton novel. It, it it's straight out of it's straight out of the original two books where Biosyn is do, trying to do shit like that. So, I really liked that, but. JFC, what were they trying to do with Dodge Dodgson? Like, was it the writing, the acting, the directing? I'm going with a combination of all three, I guess. But it's, seriously, at times he seemed so evil. He acted so evil. And then at times he was just super weird. Who? And Who? Dodgson, the, the, the head of, of Biosyn. And it, it was, he was like, an why, e He was Elon Musk. Like, why is anybody listening to him, though? Because he, he's so evil sometimes and then sometimes he's so just like he never but he's not elon musk because like i i i guess in a way he's supposed to be kind of like that but like there's there's nothing there all he did was like i'm gonna create a place for you to bring these dinosaurs and not tell you what i'm actually doing with them it was very he was a bad weird villain he was just, and, and and I do think it was all about the way the character was portrayed. And he also, why didn't the original Dodgson come back? I looked it up. It's not the same actor. Like, if you're I getting all, I, I think the original actor would like was involved in uh, child porn or something like that. I oh, thought I heard shit. something like that. Oh, yeah, shit. Okay, that's well, why. Yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense then. Hmm. They got all the other guys back, so I was like, why not this guy? Well, that makes sense. He's pretty much a new character, right? Like, totally different from that little scene in Jurassic Park, too. Well, yeah, yeah and if you've never read the books, he's going to be a new character in a lot of ways to you, period, because you've seen him in one scene in the movie, 
right? And he's he is a much bigger part. They explain a lot more about him in the books. Yeah. But uh, other than Dodgson, which... Malta. Malta. Since I had just been in Malta, it was enjoyable to watch the chase scenes through the streets that I had just walked through. But I did not... It was not nearly as exciting as we did not see any dinosaurs when we were in Malta. (laughs) What? They didn't have... Dinosaurs that just latch onto you. Like, here's the thing. Okay, so you put a laser pointer on somebody. You pointed at them once, and that dinosaur just remembers that person forever until they're dead. That feels very like video gamey to me, and I don't. Mm. That was that was dumb. That was so dumb. Like why, when they open the cages, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't the raptors immediately? You know, kill anything that's close to them. You know. Because they're trained raptors. Oh, I, I forgot. <laughs> well, they're not. They those weren't even raptors anyway. They were in, they were a different kind of dinosaur, and they weren't know. raptors. I thought they no, were raptors. No, they were called something else, but they might have been a hybrid. God only knows with these hybrids nowadays. Apparently, <laughs> these GMO dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, they had they had all this. In one sense, it was also. The, the stereotypes of the other, which was a little bothersome, in that they had the the dinosaur wet market, um, which well you know we're setting up for the fourth one where you're gonna have the dinosaur flu that is. Impacting. Don't even talk to me about this. Don't even talk to me about a fourth. <laughs> You, 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 not, you're saying uh, that that's not already in not, the plans. We're, I mean, not I, ta- we're not talking about this right now. <laughs> Real quick. All the Alan and Ellie, the romance was cheesy, but not. But you wanted it. No, I'm saying it wasn't entirely unwelcome, but I personally have never loved their romance because it felt better for Ellie's character that it didn't exist in the book, in the Jurassic Park, the book. And I'm not even talking about the age difference or anything like that. I'm just talking about it's unnecessary. It was unnecessary in the book book. And it, well, it didn't exist in the book. It was unnecessary in the first movie, but it was cute here. I, I actually, I think I would have felt even better about it in this movie if it hadn't existed in the first movie. If it was like they were coming at this cold turkey. But also, Ian Malcolm was in Fallen Kingdom for like a minute where he's like talking about like, why are you doing this? Everything's bad. Y'all, y'all are bad. Don't save the dinosaurs. They're bad. And then he just goes to work for Biosyn, which like is not something any version of Ian Malcolm ever would have done, in my opinion. But I don't know, like still like he was a badass in this movie. Grant and Ellie were badasses in this movie, even when they were even when they were just kind of in dumb situations, like in the room with the locusts, the giant locusts. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you give us your concluding thoughts and then John and I can wrap it up right after you leave. Okay, About Dominion or about everything? Uh, About Dominion, everything, whatever, whatever you want to say. All all of your thoughts. Give us them all. All right. Sure. Uh, Yeah. I uh, I I enjoyed Dominion, although it I feel like it didn't quite uh, deliver on its premise. You know, dinosaurs having dominion over the world, right? We saw in the in the intro and in the conclusion, we saw some of that, and a little bit in Malta. But uh, you know, I think it'd be good to see more of the dinosaurs, you know, wreaking havoc in in uh, for normal people too. But I think. I think Jurassic World was was better, probably. 
but I still think this was was pretty good. And yeah, I'm sorry, I do have to go now. Thanks so much for having yeah, me, Tara and Jonathan. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. I hate I hate to lose our third person so soon because there's so much more I want to say about this. But I don't know, Jonathan, what are what were your thoughts on like did you enjoy the movie? Like did you Yeah, I mean I, I enjoyed it. I again I thought it was marginally above a five on my you know, one to ten scale. Certainly watchable. Did I enjoy myself during the two and a half hours it was on? Yes. Did I love the Malta scenes as I had just been there a, a couple of weeks before and recognized the streets that they were on? And yeah, so yeah, that, cool. that part of it was really cool. Um, that's like me whenever they go to like Budapest or Berlin or Paris, you know, it's like all the cities I've been to. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. And, and then, of course, when you're from DC and you watch Die Hard 2 and you realize that's not Dulles Airport that they're supposed to be at, you know, it, it annoys you. But um, anyway, uh, Malta definitely looked like Malta. Um, I found the way they brought the different character generations together much more believable and reasonable than other films have done mm -hmm. um, without it seeming completely preposterous. I mean, you have the semi-preposterous of, oh, isn't it convenient that this happened to ha happen this way? You know, they also spent time to introduce another likable new character um, in the pilot. I have no idea what her name is, but the, the pilot. <laughs> And I thought the villain, I actually thought the villain was very James Bond-esque. And uh, it re he reminded me of Hugo Drax in uh, Moonraker in the sense that, yeah, he was a terrible guy, but he was also a dreamer and a visionary. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the part where it fell flat for me was that so much of the Biosyn plot was... Crayon esque, like was book esque, like from from both Jurassic Park and Lost World, the books that for the for him to be evil but also a visionary felt wrong because he is not like that at all in the books. I, he is very much like I'm gonna take the money man. He wasn't he the money man, yeah. and Hammond was the visionary. As I recall, well, he's he's um he's he's like a science like he's a, he's a he's like a scientist and also a money person somehow, and I think that's that also speaks to a lot of how Crichton felt about modern science. Let's be real, but um, I I, I think his like ex eccentricities in Jurassic World Dominion didn't sit well for me because this is a character I know so well from both books. And and granted, again, he is only in that one scene in the first movie and he's not in the Lost World movie at all. So they're bringing him back and I felt like it was just like, we're going to shove some nostalgia at you. Here's Biosyn and Lewis Dodgson. But like, he's not He's also not at all the Dodgson I. That's not even true. He he was at times the Dodgson I remembered from the books, 
but he was at times just so like flight it, it was more like he was like flighty and like unsure of what he was doing like i almost wondered at one point if what he was doing you know because his whole at one point he was talking about like oh we're gonna make medical steps whatever like we're gonna do great medical things with the the the, the dna from these dinosaurs and i was kind of wondering after some of the scenes where they were alan and ellie first meet him if it was because he was like suffering from dement like early stages of dementia they didn't go there but then in the end he just turns out to be evil and i think it would have been a little more easy to swallow if you find out that okay sure he's doing these bad things like he he created these giant locusts that will only eat crops that aren't biosin seeds and that's bad but also he's doing other research because he has you know early stage dementia and he like, there was no there was no like a uh, good motive behind what he was doing other than money but then also really wasn't thinking about the monetary like about any other aspects of it because they push so many times throughout the movie this is going to cause like worldwide famine this is going to cause this is like going to cause an extinction event possibly there were some really interesting those locusts were hard that was the most terrifying thing i've ever seen as far as the, these movies so what locusts. i'm getting at is you really don't like flying things <laughs> Well, I, I really don't like giant bugs. Do not appeal to me. I mean, I... oh no, they don't appeal to me either. But also, like your comments about the aviary. And... Well, yeah, but it was also the aviary is just coming by and just like, grabbing people off the yeah. off the street. It was just so memorable, and I and the birds did creep me out too. So you know, yeah, the locust thing. I think freaked me out more than the flying dinosaurs did in Jurassic World because uh, grasshoppers freaked me out, which is weird because when I was a kid, I used to catch them all the time. I, yeah, the giant locusts and, ugh, but it was such a it was such a good plot, and I just felt like they didn't do it justice because they had the villain kind of like all over the place. I did like the Alan and Ellie stuff. I love that. Even though Ian Malcolm, it made no sense to me why he would go to work for Biosyn. Like, in no world would Ian Malcolm go to work for Biosyn. He would. Oh, I don't agree with that. He would I immediately don't. be like, chaos, no. Because that's the thing. Like, the way it was portrayed is he didn't go there to prove they were doing something wrong. He ha he stumbled into that. He went there because. Well, I don't they even think he stumbled. I don't think he stumbled into it at, at all, ever. I don't think he stumbled in anything. I think the. Other agent. Oh, yeah, that, told that one him. guy, yeah. Oh, exactly. See, I disagree with you that he would never go to work there. I could easily see that character doing that because he's older, he's more jaded, and it's like, oh, I may as well cash in. I, I can see that. You know, he was I always just, a, I don't see him he was always a cynic to begin with, and cynicism by the time you're that age and you're you're starting to realize, yeah, I, I need to make my retirement and they're gonna pay me great gobs of money. What the hell? I guess we have to agree to disagree on that. Because <laughs> I I hate the idea that Ian Malcolm would just forego all of his chaos theory stuff to just... Well, I don't, think he, I don't think he forgave gave it up at all. I think he was being paid great sums of money to lecture whatever the hell he wanted to lecture. And I think that's what he was doing. 
and it's more of and that's why I said the cynic. He's like, oh, these these guys are going to pay me great gobs of money to lecture their staff. Sure, what the hell? Well, on that note, just to close this out a little, uh, there was less crisp rat, and I know I know you don't really think about people's politics, religion, whatever. Uh, I do though. <laughs> and, and, uh, so, but the thing is, so so do production companies, right? And his character in this movie was very played down. And I wonder if they played down his role because of the recent drama surrounding him or if it really... I mean, I, I think there's like a 50-50 chance that they maybe did that or maybe they were just like, no, we want to focus on the original characters because we've got them back. I would bet if you actually do the time on screen that Pratt probably had more time on screen than any other character. I don't think more. I think it was probably even with quite a few people, but I think that it, it's less about time on screen than it is about like the story. I mean, I kind of expected him to die. I don't hope that he would die when he was like telling Claire, the clone girl, whatever the fuck her name is, nobody cares, <laughs> needs a mom and everything. I think he certainly had less screen time than some characters. And I think he certainly had, he definitely had way less screen time. And and part of that is this was less of a him and Claire movie than the first two were. But either way, there was less time of him and his character was played down and I was fine with that. And I will say this, though, speaking of I actually thought he would die, I know that it didn't happen in the earlier movies, right? None of the none of the major good, important characters died in earlier movies. But in this one, the conclusion of the saga, please let it actually be the conclusion of this saga. It felt like at least one of the good and important characters should have died and none of them did. None of them did. People are saying that Malcolm was the one who's gonna die. And I was actually like, no, 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 no. And then when there was the whole like Ellie and Grant thing, I was like, oh God, one of them is gonna die because they're doing this whole like bringing back the romance and like they're not gonna bring that back. Like one of them is gonna die. And nobody died. Nobody died. They all survived. All of them. Even the new pilot person. Like <laughs> they all survived. And that felt really cheesy to me. One of them should have died. If this is the conclusion of the saga, like ah, somebody, somebody ah, should... but it's not. You think this is the conclusion of the saga, and I'm like, no chance. You still don't think it is? No, they will milk this cow for as long as they can. I mean, I it may not. It may be the last one that they do for. There's going to be a TV show next, right? Well, possibly. Though they sort of tried to do that with with Terra Nova, but um, no, I think that you know, the IP is such a premium; it's so much easier to sell, and you're guaranteed to make you know some money. And there's no chances being taken in Hollywood anymore. I think we will see another Jurassic Park movie. Do I think we need another Jurassic Park movie? No. No. The thing is, like, Nate kind of hit it on the head where, no, was this as good as Jurassic World? No, it wasn't. 
and you know they do they do bring back like they they do bring in some new dinosaurs there's that bird looking one with the hand things and yeah i mean they brought new dinosaurs in like pretty much every movie really and i'm not just talking about the fake ones right <laughs> that they create i'm talking about actual dinosaurs that existed that we have I mean, at the very least, skeletal proof of. Do I think there's somewhere else they could go with this story? Yes, but I I don't want it to be a movie. They do have like that Cretaceous Camp animated show on Netflix or something. I've never watched it because I don't care. But like, I love Jurassic Park so much, but I do not care about some kids like animated show about it. And I don't think there's nowhere that they could go with this especially knowing that there's still dinosaurs out there in the wild and they have to get to the sanctuary that apparently is existing now where the biosim facility was somehow. But I just don't want another like attempted blockbuster movie about this shit. I mean, going back to the OG, nothing is ever going to top Jurassic Park for me in terms of I got to see it in the theaters when I was a kid. I mean, I'm sure it's like how people saw, like how people felt when they saw Star Wars when they were a kid. And don't get me wrong, I also have those attachments to Star Wars because I did get to at least see that in the theaters in the 90s. But nothing is ever going to top Jurassic Park for me personally as like the first sci-fi movie I got to see in the theaters and just got completely obsessed with and i have my qualms about the lost world was fine jurassic park 3 was jurassic world was good jurassic world fallen kingdom was this movie i'm still kind of unsure how i feel about it because i really loved all the stuff they did with bringing back these old characters but i also i'm just like i recognize it I recognize it for the nostalgia porn that it is, and it being nostalgia porn doesn't make it a good film. But the irony is the person I felt terrible for in this movie, at least in the beginning, was Alan Grant, because it's like, here was this dinosaur expert, this world-renowned dinosaur expert, who's now, his whole career is sort <laughs> of a has-been, as he's like looking at these fossils of dinosaurs, when there are live dinosaurs you could be he could be studying, right? I it, I just thought it was interesting that he was the dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some symbolism in there that in a way even, I, not so much Ellie because she had clearly purloined her paleobotanist career into something that was more current, but, you know, even even Malcolm with his, like, chaos theory stuff, it's like, okay, all the chaos things happened. So what you gonna do now, dude? And in that respect, I, I guess I understand where you're coming from about understanding why he went to just be kind of a speaker at Biosyn and make some money. And I think he makes a comment at one point, like, I've got like several kids to, <laughs> to support. Pay for, right. Which is also just like, okay, that, that, okay. That's a movie thing. Bring Kelly back and then we'll talk. You know, I think his first movie was Earth Girls Are Easy. I don't know. You never saw Earth the Girls Are Easy? The one that made Easy. him big was The Fly. I know that. Yeah, yeah, no, The Fly made him I've big. I've never seen Earth. You never saw Earth Girls Are Easy? No. no. Based on that great song, Earth Girls Are Easy? 
Was it a great song? No, I've no, never. No, it wasn't heard a great it. song. It wasn't a great movie. <laughs> no, I, was, I was being sarcastic. I've never heard it. <laughs> but, like, I mean, here's the thing. He is not a conventionally attractive person. But, like I said earlier, I think there was like part of my sexual awakening was like, oh, I'm 10 years old. Tim is cute. But who is this old man? <laughs> Well, it's interesting you say he's not sure. It seems like everyone, or at least I knew a lot of women who seemed to find Jeff Goldblum attractive. So. Oh, he's so attractive. And then he was so good in Thor Ragnarok. And he's good in like everything he does. And, oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going like, to lie. 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, okay. It was definitely not as friendly. He's actually been doing stuff since 1974. Wow. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, and he's a he is a good actor. Like he really is. I've seen him. I, he's he's been cheesy in a lot of stuff, but I've seen him in some things where it's like, whoa! I wouldn't have, you know, as an actor, like his, his, his talent shows, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was just really great for me to see all these actors from this movie that I just was so obsessed with as a kid come back together and be such major parts of this franchise again in Jurassic world because it was a reboot I still felt that sort of awesome nostalgia feeling and I think fallen kingdom fell short for me because despite it's like two minute or less appearance of Jeff Goldblum where as Ian Malcolm where he's like oh god kill all the dinosaurs nobody cares like there was it didn't it was its own thing and it also was just weird as fuck and then we get this movie i do think this movie was better than fallen kingdom and it yes, was certainly, I agree. It was I certainly better agree. than jurassic park 3 yeah I, I, I would actually rate it probably the third of the series after jurassic park and lost world yeah yeah i think i think i would do the same although i think it's like it's like very close to the lost world only because it has all the characters I love so much. And and for me, really, I know Ellie Sattler appeared briefly in Jurassic Park 3, but seeing her on screen was a defining moment in my childhood in terms of getting to see this strong, intelligent, brave as fuck female character and I know the romance between her and Alan Grant was there in the first movie, but like even watching it again a billion times, like it's there, but it's like, it's like a very tiny side point. It's not part of, it's not really a big part of her character. She is her own character. She is her own person. And seeing her in this movie, it was a little disappointing that she was super like, Oh, Alan, uh. well, but, I mean, but she's so. still, but she's still there, but she's still there with her bravery and with her own career and with her own like thoughts and feelings. And I think that that is like what really brought me back to like, but, my dog is named Ellie after Ellie Sattler. <laughs> so, so, you know, going back to the romance and the, well, not one of the, problems I find with Hollywood in that they seem to cast middle-aged to old men with ingenues as their romantic partners way too often. 
And that could have, and while there was romantic tension in the first Jurassic Park, it was never clear that they were dating. And then this movie indicates, well, she had the good taste that she just didn't fall for him right away when she was a, grad, a postgraduate student who's 25 years old and hasn't really seen the world and, and falls for this 45 to 50-year-old guy. Um, she went out, she had her life, she married someone, and now in the twilight of her, I would say the twilight of her prime, the match makes a little bit more sense when... But even so, there's a 20-year age gap between the two, so... Right. Well, I'll say this. No, they were definitely together in Jurassic Park. There are... Vague you think they were together? Oh, I didn't no, no, no. They, they In the movie, yes. They were definitely together. Yes. Because she's talking about having kids and he doesn't want them. And it seems pretty clear that that's why they break up, especially when you get into, like, Jurassic Park. I'll be honest. I never saw them as a couple in the first one. I didn't. I didn't really either as a 10-year-old, but then when I watched it... I was, over 20, and over I was 25 and over when I saw it. I should have seen that. If there was yeah, no, the, no, they were, they were, they were supposed to be together, and... They weren't in the book, though. No, they were not. She was, like, 23, and she was engaged to some doctor in Right, Chicago. but, I, but I, as I said, I never picked it up. In, and maybe it's because I had read the book that I just didn't see it in the movie. I, I, yeah, that might be why, because I read the book after, and I was like, oh, they were together in the book? Yeah, I just I like thought in my mind, because so. they're not together in the book, so therefore they're not together in the movie, and it's just a little bit of friendly flirting, but nothing significant. Yeah, and I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, it, it seems more like realistic that she's been through you know life and shit and she's gone back to this person that she always cared about and they have that age difference but the funny thing is like they don't look that different not and they never to be honest they didn't in the they never movie. did really yeah it, it, yeah he when looked, I, he, look, he 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 does not show his age yeah and recently that there was like an article about Oh, they were together and she was like in her early to mid twenties and he was in his forties and this should have been weird and blah, blah blah. And I was like, Oh, I I honestly thought that they aged Ellie Sattler up in the movie because I knew she was young in the book. And when I first watched it, I I just kind of assumed they were both like in their thirties. And I that sounds really rude about Laura Dern. Laura but Dern like, was like 23 or 24 when Jurassic she was, but I had no idea she was that young. But also, I that that's I, I mean, my mom looked way fucking older at 39 than I do now. I don't know what it is. Like, my mom doesn't drink, she's never smoked, she's a super healthy person, but like she absolutely looked way older at 39 than I do at 39. And I think that looking back now, like, I just assumed that Ellie was the same age or, you know, within a few years of Grant. And now it's like, oh, God, no, they were supposed to be 20 years apart. They're still like 20, yeah, I mean, 20 I, years I mean, apart. It's, it's crazy. Not, it's not getting on to improper relationships that don't don't fly today assuming you're right and they had the relationship in Jurassic Park it's not quite as bad as Indy and Marion Ravenwood in, in in Indiana Jones where she was a teenager yeah that was fucking weird 
<laughs> um, yeah, no, but they absolutely did have the relationship in the first movie. But as a kid, and I mean, I'm talking like it was recently, like within the last few months, there was some article about it that came out. I did not know that Laura Dern was that young when she did the movie. And I did not know that Ellie Sattler was supposed to still be that young. Like I thought they had aged her up and that her and Grant were, let's say less than 10 years apart in yeah. age. I so, was thinking she was like 30. 30 yeah, early and she, was, she was born in 67, the actress. So that means she was 23. So that means she was actually the same age as Ellie was in the books when yeah. Jurassic Park the and movie I, came out. And again, I had no idea. And I mean, looking at pictures of even of real people, like my family and stuff, like I said, I love my mom. She has not aged hardly at all. Like you would not look at my mother and say, this woman is in her 60s. But when she was my age, she looked so much older than I do now. And it wasn't because she lived a hard life. I think it was just, I don't know, it's better skincare. Well, I mean that 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 is part of it. If people, you know, no, no one our parents' age wore sunscreen. True. It just was, and if you spend a lot of time outdoors, yeah, you're gonna look older. I mean, it's just a reality check. It's definitely a weird to realize they were actually supposed to be that far apart in age, and I had no idea for the longest time, and. Now they kind of look like they're the same age or close. They, I, I don't know. I didn't think they looked that far apart back then. So good on Sam Neill, I guess. And I'm not saying Laura Dern looks bad. Laura Dern looks amazing. She is perfect. I just, I love Ellie Sattler so much. And having her back in this movie and getting to be such a badass was just, it was great. Like, of course it's great to have Malcolm back and to have Grant back, but for me, it was all about Ellie. And what about the Doctor Wu? Yeah, I I meant to mention we had him, him back too. <laughs> he was weird. He was like so like, but he was like all like sad in his cardigan all the time. Like, what's up with that? He was just sad in his cardigan all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, he was sad because he thought he had basically unleashed Armageddon. And when then you, he gets to undo it, and like there's no consequences, apparently, is what we're supposed to believe. I'm glad that he undid it, but also there's no. Well, I mean, is, isn't that sort of like Tyrion and Game of Thrones? There's no, no consequences. I, I think that's. I think that's just like life. A dude did a thing that was bad, and there will never be consequences. So he's been doing all these fucking crazy things, and then now he feels bad. Like now you feel bad because in Jurassic World, he was actually a huge asshole about it. Right. Which was weird to me because I don't feel like he was an asshole in the first Jurassic Park movie. I felt like he was just doing his job. But then in Jurassic World, he was like, I did this thing. Look at what I did. And then now he's like feeling bad about it. And it's like, all right, man, I don't know. I think part of the reason I didn't bring him up was because it was like, he was such a off the wall character over the course of all of these movies. Like he was, so he was in the first one, the fourth one and the sixth one. And in the first one, he was just doing his job. In the fourth one, he was, or no, he was in the fifth one. In the fourth and fifth ones, he was like, look at all the fancy things I did. I created these dangerous dinosaurs. 
And then in the last one, he's like, oh, shit, I created something bad finally. And it's like, no, you've created bad things a lot. Stop it. Just stop it. On that note, any last thoughts on the Jurassic Park saga? Well, I hope there's not another one for a long time. Yeah, no. I hope I'm wrong and they don't. It, no. it is the end, no. but yeah, I suspect I, it will not be. Not another movie, at least, but also at nothing. least they didn't put it. Well, actually, it, it, at least they didn't put it at the tail end. Jurassic Park will return. Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, they they have the whole thing where okay, so this place. The, the biosyn compound is now like a preserve and they're going to have to get all of these other dinosaurs from all the, like that are just apparently spread all over the fucking world now back like into this preserve. So like they're, there's a goal, I guess, but yeah. Well, we didn't, we didn't, discuss the final large dinosaur on large dinosaur fight no but i mean it's kind of it's just reminiscent of all the other dinosaur on dinosaur fights and well the jurassic world and in like nate mentioned in jurassic park 3 it's the finger hand dinosaur i don't even know what i should have looked this up like yeah it's the finger hand dinosaur and the Tyrannosaurus and the other one. Yeah, which I can't remember the name of, but. It's another big bad. Like, they're all just. And then the, at the end, the Tyrannosaur, you think it's dead, but boop, its eye opens. Good for that Tyrannosaur. It's living forever. Is that, like, I have to imagine that's the same Tyrannosaur who survived uh, from Fallen Kingdom who also survived from Jurassic World, and it's like, yeah, bitch, that Tyrannosaur is coming for y'all. It was the same Tyrannosaur as Rex in the original Jurassic Park. Uh, I mean, it might be, because like in the books, they bombed the fuck out of Isla Nublar, but they never did that in the movies. So it could, but also like, it could be a Tyrannosaur from Isla Sorna. We don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe it's the OG Tyrannosaur from Jurassic Park because that's what I choose to believe. Okay, as we close out the episode, we just want to give a shout out to our heroes tier Patreon, Tommy of the TKOK Podcast Network. Thanks so much for supporting us. Once again, I'm Tara along with Jonathan, and our special guest Nate had to leave a little bit early, but we are so thankful that he was able to join us. Thank you as viewers or listeners again for joining us for Sagas and Sass, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.